Here we go. In three, two, one. Hey there, guys. It's the Not Another Competition. Not a competition. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm going to fumble this bag every fucking time. It's the Not a Competition podcast with your host, Mario Adamo. How's it going, everybody? Uh, Britt. And Sean Brady. And Sean Brady. How's it going, everybody? Brady, happy Just waiting for you to, talk. to be here, as always. Are we going to have to change the name? Like, what's up? This is episode 45, and we still don't have the name Not right. another competition. Not a competition. It's not a competition podcast with your host, Sean Brady, and Mario Adamo. How's it going, Brady? Happy to be here. Boom, boom, boom. There's the whole thing. We'll get it next time. The happy to be here is the thing that needs the most fixing. The happy to be here is the rock. Regardless it's what people what tune in for. Mm-mm. It's the one thing they can set their weak, watch to. It's a weak catchphrase. You know how, like, Chris Collinsworth, he slides into the booth? That's my slide in. I don't I don't know that, no. But you know how rock uh, walks out and he's like, you smell what the rock is cooking? Imagine he was like, hey, stone cold. Happy to be here. I would love that. I would erupt. I would. Oh, my goodness. I'd buy that T-shirt. Well, you're the only one who's erupting, I think. (laughs) Okay. So we have a bunch of fun topics today. There was a great deal of NFL news that happened the past couple weeks. And then. Oh, you sent me a bunch of shit topics. We have fun ones also. (laughs) Love it. So we got a whole bunch of fun topics, and then last week we covered running backs uh, for fantasy coming up, so we're going to move to wide receivers. Fun stuff. So let's dive right in. Yeah. We got... uh, That's the gist. That's the gist. That's it. That's the rundown. We got our first topic, Tom Brady unretires. That was a few weeks ago, but new thing is that uh, Bruce Arians stepped down. And now he's like a GM, kind of. He's in the front office. Either way, he's not the coach anymore. Hmm. Right. That's what I say. Well, it always is like, it's an equivalent exchange situation. You know alchemy, Mario? Like in uh, Skyrim? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So alchemy is like this thing of changing things into other things. But it's like an equivalent exchange. Like in order to make these things into gold you have to give a certain amount of the the base that you're changing into okay so in order for tom brady to unretire there must be a separate opposite but equal reaction basically. <laughs> alchemy needs to retire <laughs> well there's so an action there's tom a... <laughs> brady came back yeah and it sucked the retirement out of bruce Arians. oh my goodness that's my theory at least and i feel like tom brady if you look at his team uh, throughout the years, you know, like there's always young players, and I'm gonna make this up, even though I don't know if uh, Nikhil Nikhil Harry was drafted at the time Tom Brady was still a member of the New England Patriots, but I'll use we'll him yes. as an example. A young gun comes up. See, the draft wasn't to draft good players; it was to draft young players, and then Tom Brady would just suck the youth out of them, like some alchemy equivalent exchange <laughs> vampire and he would just take all their energy and keep it in his own body so that's what they've been doing to like stay alive and i think in this case retirement came for him and he, and he sucked it out of arians instead oh my god well if you're gone for next week's episodes we'll know that tom brady's people has gotten to you oh shit and you know how he does it too it, vampires bite you on the neck suck it tom brady kiss on the mouth that's how he gets you <laughs> That's a Brady on Brady crime. Oh. Oh, yeah, I would hate it. <laughs> would I, though? Hmm. hmm. 
Maybe, maybe it's worth we'll it. What would he suck at it, mate? He'd just be bad at announcing our podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, what, what a co-host upgrade, though, I'd say. Uh. Imagine he was like, look, I'll do it. <laughs> oh my god, maybe then we'll get some sponsors. Um, maybe we'll run it out. And he's he's posting them also? You're like, Tom, really? Like, you're late on this one. You gotta. And he's like, I got a lot going on, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, better every day. Come on. <laughs> oh my gosh maybe he uh i don't know i think he got some, i think he's pulling a lebron i think if this was the nba and lebron was doing this people would like lose their shit but tom bray's doing it and it's just like a teehee no i've seen a lot of people on twitter mad about that yeah universal. okay as long as twitter's mad i'm happy i feel like it was on him though like tom brady's the reason that people are mad like he should have been more like i don't know what i'm like I honestly don't know, but he 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 chose to retire, like announce the retirement. I was surprised by how fast he chose to announce it. I was like, oh, fuck. Adam Schefter kind of announcing his retirement like, right out the gate. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You're right. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah. Never forget. But it happened so fast, and I was like, it feels like take your time and wait on. It. This is a huge decision for you as someone who's like, I want to play until I can't. And now you're going to retire because while you can still play, like while you were like the right choice, well, Cooper Cup was, but you were the right QB choice for MVP last year and you are going to retire. I don't know. Um, but it's, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. Obviously, there's some um, turmoil, it seems like, between the two of them. And I think what it is is like Tom Brady left the Patriots. Tom Brady's a smart guy. That's always been one of his best things as QB. Um, And I'm sure he had a lot of things that he would like to do differently than what Belichick did, but Belichick's kind of in charge of that operation. Um, And I'm sure towards the end he took a lot of what Brady said to heart, but he's going to do what he wants regardless. And I think when Brady left... He was looking for a situation where he wanted control of that. And you can see how much like he brought new players in, and they got Gronk, and they got Brown because Brady liked Brown and all this shit too. And Brady's always been about winning chips. And I think he likes Brown, and Brady's just willing to put up with... With the crazy. ...attitude for a good player. Yeah. Um, so I think they did a lot of that, and I'm sure it frustrated Bruce Arians too. Because he's the coach. He wants to have the main say in how the teams run. And I think he was frustrated with it la- uh, the last couple of years. And um, I thought, think he thought maybe like, okay, now I'm going to have a little more control. And then when Brady came back, he's like, man, I think he knows it's good for the team. Like the team was going to be bad this year. Because like who's even QB? A Pro Bowl quarterback? Obviously. What's that? Uh, what? Are we talking about the Patriots or are you talking about the Bucks? No, the Bucks. I think the oh. Bucks, like Bruce Arian, like everybody knew the team was going to be bad if Tom Brady didn't come back because it's like we got to fill a QB replacement. Um, so, like, when Tom Brady came back, it's like it's best for the team, but I think Arians was just like, I just don't want to. I want to ha- be, be able to say what I want to happen or, like, I'd rather Tom Brady not play, basically. Mm. Um 
I think he came. So there's definitely turmoil there. What do you What do you think? I think he came back, said, Bruce, you're out or I'm out. And Bruce said, all right, I'm out. That's it. How would that work, though? You're out or I'm out. Like he would demand a trade or... Or, or he'd stay retired. Or he, he Like before he came back, a month before he came back, he calls up the Glazers. I think they own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Calls him up. He's like, listen, mm-hmm. I want to come back. But I hate Bruce. Bruce has got to go. And it's like... Uh, you think Tom Brady dislikes Bruce? Yeah. 100%. I think that's what's happening here. I think Tom Brady said, I will only come back if Bruce Arians is not the coach. And they're like, done. And we'll announce it a month apart so people don't get suspicious. Right. I always got... Sus- I always thought of it more like they... I, I didn't think of it... Well, I should say... I always thought of it less that they hated each other. And more that, like, they just want to control it kind of thing. Like, they're both control freaks. You know what I mean? Like, they like they like each other just fine. But, like, the way they their style of what they wanted to do was different. And they both wanted to be the person driving the ship. So, I don't know that they necessarily dislike each other. Like, maybe they'll be best buds now that he's in the front office or something. Because uh, he's like, I'm not coach anymore. Whatever you want. Whatever. <laughs> like... Or maybe he'll still want his. Maybe Bruce will still want his say. Who knows? But I always, I always thought they were like friendly people who just disagreed on what they wanted to be done, and then it was like power struggle. Like I, I want the power, and versus like I want the power um, versus I want the Bruce power. Bruce I. It's similar to our situation in the QA room. I think like we, in our previous job, me and Mario worked together. And I was working there like two weeks before you or whatever. You started there. Didn't get invited to the wedding. And then I went back to school. Yeah, of course. Did not talk to him much uh, early on. Um, uh, And then I went back to school for a couple of months. And when I came back, um, Mario was the lead of the QA department. Which was weird because at the time we were kind of just doing stuff together. So there was always this like... When you were like, oh, we need to do this. I'm like, yeah, we could do it this way. And you're like, we could do it this way. And I was like, I'm probably just going to do it the way I want. <laughs> nice. Anyway, but really, like, you are you were, and I'm doing air quotes, in charge of that section. Damn right. But like, King in the row. But, but what would, what like, there was like a, pow- I, f- I felt like we were always friends, but it was always like, eh, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to listen to exactly what he says. <laughs> like, so I think it's one of those situations where, like, they had that kind of relationship where Bruce wanted things one way, and then Tom would be like, I'm just not going to do that, though, because I'm Tom Brady. What are you going to do? Like, so we're going to do it this way. And then I'm going to go to whoever and say, I want this person, and then they're going to listen to me because I'm Tom Brady. Like, I think it's just like... I don't think they really hate each other. But what what the fuck do I know? I don't know these guys. <laughs> but that's always the the opinion I got from them because watching them like speak to each other or watching them when they won, like and it's easy to be happy, right? When you just won a Super easy to be happy. But like, but e- people who don't like each other, you're not gonna see them like gravitate towards each other. Like I saw when they won. So and, and maybe the second year made it worse on them. Who knows? I, that's just my uh, my forecast there. But I definitely think I, I I was saying that I think it's more an Arians' decision than 
I think it was um, Tom Brady like doing a alter uh, ultimatum. I think it's more like Arians was like, I just I don't want to like have to go back and forth with who's in charge of this team. Like, what can we do about this? And they they kind of like talk to management from there. But who knows? Maybe we'll get more information as like the years go by. Gotta write the. Tom Brady's gonna play another twenty years, so they're gonna have to do another series on him. Um, eventually. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, that's Brady talk. Uh, I guess we'll just agree to disagree because I mean, we'll ask the listeners at home. What do you think? Did Tom Brady fire Bruce Arians, or yeah. was Bruce Arians just like, "Hey, I'm out," or he got it? Mario, special special question for you, listener data. We all know that Germany is our um, our favorite non-U.S. Uh, country that listens to Shout us. Shout out. They're our most our most listeners outside the U.S. Bratwurst. Liverwurst. Um, who do you think is the second most, li- the first most listeners inside the U.S. state-wise is New York, where we're from. Where do you think the second most listeners live in New York? In, uh, in the U.S. In the, what state? In the, what state? In the continental United States. I'm going to say... Yes. And I have to, I have to go back because I, I forgot. To go <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which may change your answer from what I think you were about to say. It does. It does. <laughs> what were you about to say? I was say? about to say... I was stuck between Kansas and Arkansas, but I was getting that kind of energy. Wow. But... Oh, wow. Um, um, and I, what I said changed your answer. It did. It did. <laughs> I'm going to say... I thought it was something else. <laughs> oh, Wisconsin. Wild. So, I originally thought you'd think the answer would be Massachusetts, since you have friends who live in Massachusetts. Oh, they don't listen to this So, shit. like, they, yeah, but let's say that, you know, let's say they listen a few times, or whatever. Add the numbers. I thought that was most likely to be the second. And you're, and so I thought when I said, I don't even remember, you'd be like, oh, it can't be Massachusetts, because he would have remembered that. So I thought it was changing your mind to another one. But you're, like, way off. It's Virginia. <laughs> Virginia, Okay. Yeah, Virginia, Washington, Virginia, which I didn't even know, like, I don't know if, I, I didn't know that was a place. Wow. And it's like Washington's, Washington, D.C. is like in the Maryland area, right? So it's not even like D.C. I don't know. Good for you, Washington, Virginia. And then Ashburn, Virginia. You know. Um, And then Massachusetts is number three. Ooh, Okay. What did you say? Arkansas, Kansas. We don't have listeners in either. Of those <laughs> and then two Wisconsin states. was my last one. Nope, none of those. Uh, we got Washington, Connecticut, Jersey, Pennsylvania. A lot of East Coast. East Coast, East um, Coast. Biased here. Yeah. So Seattle, Washington. So I guess we do have some West Coasties um, in Washington. And that's this it. one's for you. The rest is all East Coast. This one's for you. Yeah. This is dedicated to our listeners in Washington. Whether it's Washington, the state, or Washington, Virginia, this one goes out to you. <laughs> I think my VPN goes to Washington, Virginia, so that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so, <laughs> really? No, of course not. Is that serious? No, of course not. <laughs> that would be so good. That would be so good if you're just listening. You're like, I also uh, listen through uh, Germany, um, and I also go through Japan sometimes. Oh. You know, I like to, like to keep them guessing. You know? Oh, that's funny. Okay, next topic. Um, that was one topic. We got to yeah, we'll get one, to and, a, one and a half. Our strong ba- Brady feelings. I guess that was one and a half. Uh, Devontae Parker to New England for a third round pick in next year's draft. I want to say. 
Uh, I forget. To be it honest. might even be this year's draft, but it's uh. I think I thought it was, but when you said next year, I was like, is it? Really? No, you know what? I don't that think it sense. is. But I was thinking that New England gets um, they get a compensation third round pick next year. I saw. So it's like you're giving up a third oh, so this year, yeah. but you get a free third next year. So it's like you're just playing with house money to get Devonte Parker. Yeah, I a lot of people are mad about this who are. Patriot fans. Oh, I like it. I saw a lot of hate for Bill. It's like, we need a number one, and Devontae Parker's not a number one. And, like, honestly? Devontae Parker's maybe sick. Devontae Parker, two years ago, was a viable fantasy option. And I'm sure on one of these right. websites I can prove that. But he's not a number one. I don't, he's, yeah, you're right. He's like, you see Devontae Adams move in, Hill move in, DJ Metcalf on Seattle. It's like, he should be moving, right? These are number ones. Devontae Adams is not a number one. But... He's a good wide receiver. He's maybe the best wide receiver that's been on New England since, like, he, he, honestly, skill-wise, he's probably better than Edelman. I like Parker. It's just like Edelman had Edelman had Tom Brady and stuff. So, like, he's a good wide receiver. He's, he's variable, sure, but he's also not had great QBs. So, like, I, I think it's a good fit. I think it's nice. It, it's much better than having just Jacoby Myers and, like, um... Like the ghost of Nikhil Harry. Nice. And who else? <laughs> Do you still have that old Eagles one? Well, yeah, we have Ag- Nelson Aguilar. And then there's also Bolden. Okay. Uh, is Bolden a pass-receiving running back or just a wide receiver? I'm While not you sure, figure actually, out who Bolden, Bolden is, Devontae Parker, I'm going to dive in. Uh, I'm looking. His 2019 year was pretty good. He had how many touchdowns did he have? I just linked it to you. He had nine touchdowns in 2019, uh, 1,200 yards, and 16 games played. Then uh, the last two years, he's been a little hurt. 14 games in 2020, 10 games in 2021. That was a concern, the injuries for sure. But he he reminds me of Alshon Jeffrey. Where Alshon Jeffrey, when I was an Eagles, like, I'm an Eagles fan, but when he was, like, traded to the Eagles in, like, that 2017 year, like, I would die on the hill that he's a number one. And, like, looking back... Alshon Jeffrey probably isn't a number one, but he can be like a no. he can be a number one for a year, like you know, like he can shine for you. I mean, Parker has number one for a year, number, and I think he can do uh, that for that nineteen season. I think he can do that in New England. I think if I'm looking at mid round, I, I don't think he'll have that. I think he could. Those kind of yards. I think he could. It's just they're not pass happy, you know. They're, they're not pass happy they're until they are. Until they are. I could see them doing some play action-y. Like, Tennessee had a lot of success with play action. Uh, Tannehill right now feels very close to, like, a Mac Jones. Damn. Mac Jones spent a lot of last year managing. You know? And that's what Tannehill's been doing the past couple of years. He's he's okay at QB, Tannehill. And I think Mac Jones, when he's been forced to throw, has been okay. I, I don't think he you're looking at him... Like... Come into last year. Tell me what you were thinking about Joe Burrow and Herbert. And that's not what you're thinking about Mac Jones. You're right. Man was a pro. If I told you this QB was a Pro Bowl QB his rookie season, um, and he led his team to the playoffs, a team that missed playoffs the year before, you'd be like, I'm excited to see what he does this year. But instead you were more excited about two teams that missed the playoffs the year before but their qbs looked very strong like because the the Bengals and and the chargers two years ago were carried by like their qbs it felt like 
Whereas last year it was a much more even thing for the Bengals. But um, Mac Jones was not like doing that with the Patriots. It was just team win after team win. I'm excited about Devontae. So I don't know that he'll get a ton, but I think I think it will make the team much better. We're gonna... I'm almost. Uh, it's almost like better for real football than fantasy football. I think. Ooh, I'm gonna say it's. I mean, Devontae Devante will be better because there's more talent now on Miami where his his targets would have been stolen from, but um, I I do think it's more of an impact for the Patriots uh, in real life than it is for like Mac Jones not gonna be tremendously better I don't think or anything like that. I'm looking right now his he doesn't even have an ADP for 2022 disrespectful, but his draft rank is 115. <laughs> And I, if I'm, that's like, I'll say 10th round-ish, I would be more than happy to take this guy in the ninth round, try to scoop him up early, because I really see some, like, I think he could repeat. I think he could come close it to 2019. It feels like that draft rank is crazy. I think he can come close to 2019 numbers. It, that draft rank feels way back. We'll, we'll put a web wager for him as the season gets closer. Right, like... That's like if you're in a ten man. That's like mid eleventh round. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking. It's like he's a number one. His best worst is ninety seven best, one hundred eighty four worst. Uh, maybe that's before he got traded. Could be before he got traded. Um, but because like it's like a Brandon Cook situation, right? Like or or having the best wide receiver on the Jets. Like Crowder, Jamison Crowder. Oh, I think he's better than that. They're valuable. I think he's better than that. They're no, no, no. He's gonna be better. Th- he's gonna be better than Crowder. I don't know if he'll be better than Cooks, but um, they're valuable. Those players are still like can be definitely fill-in starters. If not, like your flex player can be Jamison Crowder, and you're not mad about it. Like, get me a touchdown and sixty yards. Cool. <laughs> like, thanks. Like they're they're gonna have solid stats at the end of the year just because they have so much um, target share, but yeah, I think it's a good trade for the Patriots. Um, that's my basic gist, and it sounds like you're very high, on super it. high on it. I think it's gonna be great. It's just like you see so many other players that have been traded, and these fans want the Patriots to go crazy and get Hill and this shit and that shit. Um, that's not their style. But that's just not no. That ain't that's their not. style. And. You know, Metcalf, like, you feel like he's got to move or lock it. It's like, why would you trade away your QB? And you have Drew Locke in line to be your starter QB, and you're like, we're not going to commit to a full rebuild, though. Let's keep Metcalf and lock it forever. Oh my God. Like, it just feels like get your value. And maybe they're saving it for next year, but I'm pretty sure this is Metcalf's last year. Um, so, I don't know. I saw – you saw the Jet – thing with Metcalf? I did, but I but I heard that that was, like, debunked. Oh, the the 10th pick was debunked. That's what I heard, because I was looking more at the original oh, okay. person that posted it, and it was an Eagles reporter. It was, like, an Eagles radio guy. Oh, okay. Alright, yeah, I, I, I just happened to glance at it on Twitter, so I didn't know if it was or wasn't. But if that was true, it's insane. Like, that you wouldn't give him up with his last year left and then get ah. a 10th round, uh, a 10th pick in the draft. I mean, I know there's not a ton of talent here, but you can either have DK Metcalf play for you this year and pay him the money yourself. I think they pay him. Um, and, and your team sucks. Or you have the Jets pay him. He doesn't play for you this year. And you get, like, 
a solid offensive lineman for whoever you pick up in the draft at QB next year or something, you know? I just feel like if that was a real thing, they should have. You know why I don't take it? You know why, like, 100% why I don't take it if I'm Seattle? Why is that? The 10th pick in the draft is your original pick that you gave the Jets for the Jamal Adams trade. So I, I can't right. I can't do that to myself. If I'm Seattle, I'm not being like, no, I'm not taking my pick back for a player. Well that's that's where you just lose. If you're not willing to recognize like your loss, then like that's on you. You're because basically when you look at those two trades, you're giving away two players for free. <laughs> like because you're getting you gave originally you got well, I guess you're not giving away. You're getting a you're trading Metcalf for for Jamal, which when you look at it that way, you're like maybe it's not great. Not great. But no, you stand your ground. At Seattle. this point, at this point, you've given and away you, your pick for Jamal. I think they pay and him, and you're just gonna pay Metcalf. I think they pay him. You think they pay to keep him for like an extended? Contract? Yeah, I think they do. Really? I do. I think they do because I think that if you get a quarterback, because like look at what the Jets are doing now. The Jets are like, we want to get talent for our second year quarterback. And it's like, you got the talents. So now if you do get a quarterback, because it's like, it's a crapshoot. So it's like, listen, if right. we think you're going to be good, like, throw it to DK. Like, a lot of guys, like, don't, they don't have a DK that's going to go up and, like, get it and outrun I the feel competition. Like, I do feel like that's kind of bad, though. Because, right, like, let's say you get an average QB and they just lean on throwing to DK. He can make them look good. And then you're building your like team around somebody who's like maybe not. Listen, good. you just but, gotta win that uh, one year. You just gotta win that bad. one year. You gotta be flicking Flacco throwing bombs for one year. And then it's like fine. We did right. it. Like <laughs> So, okay, that's that. Yeah. Who knows? Who Let's knows? pivot to another wide receiver. Um this one got paid. Stefan Diggs. I got the contract somewhere. Four year, hundred four million dollar extension. Includes seventy million guaranteed. Ah, good for you, Diggs. This is good. I love Josh Allen. Like, I'm loving the Bills. Diggs had, like, a meh fantasy year, but, I mean, people are getting paid. Yeah, I think think the Bills well uh, rounded out their offense in a better way last year. They were doing more running stuff, especially towards the end, it felt like, Um, which was nice to see because they were kind of just hucking before that. Um... It's another, I think, what, three big wide receiver deals this year? Um, so it's like the third in a chain of, like, number ones getting huge contracts. Um, first one staying with his team. I saw, you saw, and this could be another Twitter thing that's made up too, but I saw the, uh, there was, like, two tweets next to each other, and it was the one where they were like, Diggs coming to Kansas City would be great. And then under it was, like, Josh Allen, like, no. And then the tweet where it's like, Diggs signs a hundred whatever million dollar contract with Bills. And Josh Allen just wrote, yes. <laughs> that's like, if this is true, that's real funny. That Josh is just like, no. And I don't want him leaving. And then when he signs, he's like, yes. Good. <laughs> so caveman Josh Allen, uh, Josh Allen is a big fan of this. <laughs> I think it's great. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have much to say. Yeah, I don't have to. Stefan Diggs. Is he's been real good in the past, um, like you said, down season last year compared to what he was up to before that. But he's fine. He's good. 
fuck the Bills? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't agree with fuck what the Bills. What do you Bills. think of your... Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Bills, just because I'm a Patriot fan. I like like Josh Allen. They're fun. They're now. fun. It's cool. They're that fun. They got a new stadium that we get to pay for. Yeah, and I th- hate the stadium idea. Not making it a dome. Yeah, dumb. like I don't know. Okay, I got a couple. These next two I think are super quick, so I'll just say them anyways. Bobby Wagner signed with the Rams. Happy for him. He got paid some money. Rams signing more people. Yeah. Stay, Rams again. Holy staying shit. in the division. They're like the Dodgers. Dude, LA. Both of these LA teams are just trying to like build super teams. Every Turns out living in LA is like a pretty good draw. Yeah, they got they got some people that live there. Oh my god. And then next one, speaking of that uh Cali vibes. Speaking of that Cali vibes, we got Frank Gore retiring a 49er. He's finally retiring. R.I.P. Dudes, dudes, like, that. people want to talk about Tom Brady, like, defying the laws of age or whatever. The man's a QB. He gets hit sometimes, sure. Maybe more so than a kicker. So, like, yeah, let's celebrate this shit. But, like, and he's played at, like, a literal elite level, whereas someone like Frank Gore has played elite and then slowly got worse and worse as time affected him, but never fully, like, dropped off. Um... But this man is playing a position where you're just taking, you're just taking damage every fucking year. <laughs> you're just getting beat. Like how many times in the beginning of his career, like you're as a as a running back, how many rushes do you think you have every year? Like like probably like one know, like, like two hundred when you're as I say like one eighty like to two hundred. Right, and so like two hundred times you're. At least hitting well, well. Let's say you run out of bounds like twenty five times or something. Sure, like that. fifty. But for times. the most part, you're like hitting the ground at least. Even if you're lightly pulled down to the ground, your body still hits the ground. But you gotta think like a hundred of those times, you're just like getting fucking busted. Like you're running up the middle and just like taking it. So like <laughs> to think that this man made such a long career is insane. So like all props to him. Um, I know he hasn't been a monster for like 10 years, but he's been like just fine or like a good backup or a good change of pace kind of guy. But like good for him for keeping it going. And he says nothing. Like there's no, (laughs) he doesn't brag ever. The dude is just, he shows up, he does his work, he goes home. It's crazy. So mazel tov. Mazel tov. Claps in the chat for my boy Frank Gore. Play the position for 50 Legend. years. Yep, I think that's the exact number, yeah. <laughs> Give or take. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff we could, if we brought to like a more serious, like a sponsored podcast, I'd appreciate little facts like that. Uh, okay. I'm pretty sure like Bruce Arians is going to go become the coach at San Francisco, and then Gore's going to come back out of retirement next year, and then Arians is going to have to retire again. <laughs> That'd be funny. Nice. That'd be funny. Okay. Um, it's hit me with this next one. Let's talk about your team. Let's talk about my team doing a trade. I sent you a graphic because there's like a shit ton going on here. So the people at home, please refer to the graphic. Uh, yes. The Eagles. We tweeted it. Don't worry. <laughs> we tweeted it at the time you're listening to it. So just look for the newest tweet and that way it'll be it. I have no idea where you sent me this graphic, but it's fine. Discord. I don't need it. 
It's all in Discord. I posted a bunch of crap. It's the first thing. It's an Instagram link. It's where I found an ICC picture. Oh, above the uh, wide receiver? Yeah. Okay, we got gotcha. there. It's just a URL. There's no drop down. No drop down. We'll put it in post. Eagles. All right, Mara, talk to me about Saints this. Saints agree to a big trade and all big, bold face. Eagles receive the 18th overall pick. So a first rounder this year, a third rounder this year, mm-hmm. a seventh rounder this year, next year a first round pick, and 2024 a second round pick. For the Saints to receive the number 16 pick this year, the number 19 pick this year, and a sixth rounder this year. So in summation, the Saints received two first round picks this year, two teens first round picks, and a sixth rounder. Eagles received, again, a teen first round pick this year, a third, a seventh, a first next year, and then the thing that kind of puts the cherry on top is a second rounder two years from now. So Eagles kind of trying to build for the long-term value. Uh, I'll go off a little bit on this. I like it. Big thing I like that's been talked about is like next year is a quarterback draft. You know, like this year they're supposed to be fine. Quarterbacks, nothing too crazy. And, of course, like it's all just guessing and projection. Nobody knows for sure. But they think next year is going to be a better quarterback draft. We give Hurts one more full year of confidence, one full year of buddy. You're the guy. We're not rushing you. Take your time. Be great. And if he's ass, then he hits the door, and we can either trade up for another quarterback because we're going to have all these picks next year. We can use the picks to get a dude. Or if we like Jalen Hurts, we just, like, load up with weapons. It's like, sweet. Here's some fast guys. Throw the ball to them. That's it. That's my pedestal. I think it's a great trade for the Eagles. I just don't get what the Saints got out of it. Um, so they basically... They took their first-round pick next year and moved it to this year, basically. Yeah. Um, and then they dropped their seventh to the sixth round. And that's and then they gave up a third this year and gave up a second two years from now. And that's the extent of what this was. Because, like, it's not even like there was a high-value target in this draft mm-hmm. and the Eagles feel good at QB and didn't want to go for a good QB. So they gave them the number five pick so the Saints can reach and get Mid-level. Mid-pick. They just moved up two picks. They moved up two picks out of this. Um, they got a second first-round pick, which is great. Like, if they have a lot of guys they're going for in the first round, a lot of people talking about how empty this draft is makes it feel like it's a weird time to want to do that. And then the Eagles, are make, I feel like, are making out like bandits because basically they just dropped back two places on their one of their picks this year. And then moved another one to next year. And so when I look at that, I'm like, okay, let's take the Eagles' number 19 pick they have and move it to number 18. So they moved up one pick from their number 19 first round pick. Then they gave their 16 pick to the Saints and get the Saints next year first round. And the thing about football is the picks are determined by the order you finish. Right? Agreed? Agreed. Agreed. Okay. So... The question is, do the Saints finish in the bottom 16 people next year? Well. And I say almost absolutely yes. Oh, good. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, I think the Eagles are going to have maybe even a top 10 pick next year, depending on how this goes for the Saints. Because, like, I think they, they could, the Saints are either going to be a middle-of-the-road team 
or I think like a slightly bottom team. Given they're in the NFC, so there's less of these big dogs that the AFC look like now. But I think the Saints aren't going to be good next year. I don't. I don't. I think there's a greater chance the pick is earlier than 16 than it is later than 16 next year. So I think they just move their pick to next year and get a possibly a better pick. And then they get the second round two years from now and the third round this year. So I just think that it definitely is a benefit to the Eagles. And I told you that I saw that one tweet which put in perspective like the Eagles already have another first round pick this year. They had three of them, correct? So Mm -hmm. now they're going to be paying two first round contracts rather than having to pay three first round contracts in the same year. So it kind of spreads out their growth process. And also... I'm just thinking, like, if you're building with all these picks, you want to turn them into, like, long-time players on your team, having their contracts spread out, instead of picking up three players that you guys are going to want to have for years, and then you're going to want to re-up their contracts all at the same time, apparently. Instead, you can spread them out a little bit more so that you're not paying a big-name QB. I like that, where you're just, like, spreading out the money. Right, because then... It just works out better when you have to re-sign your studs if three of them are all leaving the same year. It works out better to have that a little more spread out. That's some big, that's some big brain stuff. I think it's a great, yeah, I think it's a great trade. I don't see how it's seen as a bad trade for the Eagles. Maybe there's more that the Saints get out of this that I'm missing, but like I didn't see it being like. I don't know what the Saints get really. I guess they like what they see in this draft, and they think there's more talent here. And it's so interesting because, like, your you pick know, could get taken if the Saints are like, "Yo, we love this guy." Right. It's not like they moved up to top five pick or something where they're like, "Oh, we're just jumping ahead of the teams that," you know, because sometimes you want a quarterback, and there's another team at like ten who wants a quarterback, and your pick eighteen, and you're like, "If I jump to five, the teams ahead already have quarterbacks, so they're not going to want to pick up this guy. I have a good chance to get this guy." We're like, they have an all-pro center, and this guy wants a center. So, like, they're not going to pick up the center. I'll get him at two. But instead, I mean, it's crazy to pick up a center at two, I guess. But, <laughs> so maybe I their thought process is I get is what you're that. saying, though. Because there, there could be, like, those two picks could matter. They could have the 18th pick, and they think number 17 is the one who's going to pick up the player they want because they're the only team ahead of them that has a need at that position. And so in their heads, moving up the two, allow, they think is going to get them this player. And maybe it will, and maybe it will go crazy. Who knows? Or maybe they're not done making moves yet. Maybe they trade both of those picks for, like, the number two, draft a quarterback, and light a fire under Jameis. Yeah, but you're going to draft a quarterback to light a fire under Jameis by trading in two first-round <laughs> picks in a draft where quarterback is highly uh It's the same. Who knows what they're doing? All right, well, we'll have to wait and see. The draft's in 22 days as of this recording. Should be tomorrow by the time you're listening. That's some fun time traveling humor. Okay. All right, let's hit these wide. Let's hit these wide receivers. Uh, We got the draft rankings here, courtesy of fantasypros.com. No free ads, but that one's for you. Fantasy pros. I'm looking at, like, the tiered version of the wide receivers. Yes, I am as well. Okay. So what do we think? We want to start at like tier six and work up? No, I'm kidding. We don't do that. Let's uh let's go through these early boys first, I think, because I don't think there's as much to say. 
So our first tier here is Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Cooper Cup. For some reason, I chose to read them in Very the first order, but take it as you will. Um, anything you have to say about those four guys as far as are you looking at them in the same kind of light that they are shown here? Justin Jefferson. I haven't. I, so some of these guys, it's a little tough because I don't have them on some leagues, right? Like, I had Chase in a league. Right, so your interactions with them aren't as frequent. Mm-hmm. So, like, Justin Jefferson, I know the two times I played against Justin Jefferson, he put up 20 points a, t- a game. And when I looked at his, you know, of course he's going to have some duds here and there. So I'm, I think he had 1,500 yards and nine touchdowns last year. So, like, I got PTSD from his name. Devontae Adams, <laughs> being on a new team, gives me some hesitation, but his, his worst is six. Right. Everyone else's worst is four. His best is three. Everyone else's best is one. So he definitely, I think he's in the right spot there. It's right. tough for me to see anybody, like, repeat anything, right? Like, so is, Coop, is Cooper Cup really the number one here? <sighs> Might be Chase. Might If it's PPR, it's... It could be Cooper Cup, I think, if it's PPR. Um, this is standard. Yeah, we're a standard so podcast. Cup, for me, is a little, a little less so because I uh, I anticipate more um, competition here uh, for those touchdowns he got last year. So kind of spreading those out a little bit more. Still, the dude's still gonna get yards, but um, but not as many. I actually think Chase is my biggest question mark of the four. Ooh. Do tell why. I, like, he's really good, but I'm still like, he's got another elite um, pass catcher with him, but he did last season, right? Like, another su- very good pass catcher, I should say, with him, but he did last season and everything worked out fine, you know? But I think his games are the most, out of these three guys, his floor is the least secure, I feel Ooh, like. okay. Um, I get that. Meaning, like, a lot of his games, it was like he got three passes. One of them was a 56-yard touchdown, and then he got a 30-yard catch and a 20-yard catch. And it's like, that's a great day at the market. But, like, you take away that 56-yard, and, look, you could take away passes from a bunch of people. It makes their stats worse. That's just what happens <laughs> when you take away stuff. But he, he was, like, more of a big play guy. And what happens sometimes with big play guys is if the big plays don't come, then you're looking at, 30 yards this game, 50 yards this game, 60 yards this game. And you had three weeks where you didn't get the big play, and it's just like he's just doing worse than than like uh, than uh, Crowder from the Jets, oh. like we mentioned earlier. It's like, so he's more likely out of those three guys to have those games. like, And it's like the difference between like a Metcalf and a Tyler Lockett, where it's like, Tyler Lockett can score just as much points as Metcalf on a given day, but his is much more variable. Um, so that's how I feel about Chase. Uh, I don't think he's a drop like risk like everybody's thinking in the beginning of last year, and um, that's not why I'm worried about him. I think you bring up valid points with Devontae Adams being on a new team. You don't know if it's just going to be like feed him, feed him, feed him, feed him like it was in Green Bay. Um, so maybe he takes a dive. I think he's definitely the one I'm also have questions with here, but um, the one I feel most secure about is Justin Jefferson, because Cup Ooh. has always been a good wide receiver, but Cup was always like top 15, and all of a sudden he went crazy, 
So, like, he has a chance to knock off, too. Justin Jefferson is the only one I'm looking at. I'm like, I don't see how he drops off. Like, I just don't. I think he's the most secure, for sure, out of this four. Okay, so. Mara, do you have anybody not in this tier where you're like, I think this person deserves to be here? Uh, it's tough. My mind, I'm looking at tier two. Um, I think that's a good place mm-hmm. to take a peek. There's six guys. There. That's probably the most likely place someone's going to pull up. You know, I, uh, Mike uh, Thomas is in tier three, but I don't think he comes back into tier one just yet. <laughs> the closest one. Yeah, there's a couple of interesting ones, like DK Metcalf down there, which is like, you know, maybe Drew Locke just leans on him heavy, and, you know, he, he becomes the number one because he has 15 targets a game. <laughs> 20 um, targets a game. Okay, let's see. So in tier two, we got Devo Samuel, Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Tyree Kill, Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. I would reorder these guys. I would put number one, A.J. Brown. Number two, Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Number three, mm. Devo. Oh. Four, we probably take Hill, Diggs, Lamb to round it out. So we do a little bit of mm-hmm. shuffling here. Mm-hmm. But I would say I, I I don't hate that. Order. I like AJ Brown the most. He was um definitely injury prone last year, and he's kind of always like, you know, unquestionable. He misses Wednesdays usually. But I think out of all these guys, I like him with the highest upside. I don't think Debo Debo's the highest in this tier. I don't think he replicates his whole like shenanigans of being. I don't. He's my biggest question mark. Him and Lamb are my two that I look at in this tier, and I'm like, meh. I don't know. Yeah. Like, if I'm drafting in this position looking for a wide receiver, I'm looking at the other ones before Lamb. And totally. Lamb. Lamb is definitely the easy bottom for me. Diggs, I, from what I saw of Diggs, he was, like, kind of not what you wanted him to be last year. And maybe now he will be, now that he mm-hmm. got paid. But I just... That's, that, it didn't feel like they leaned on him. Like, they, it didn't feel like he was... He's definitely Allen's go-to guy, but it didn't feel like they were treating him as, like, a number one last year to me. And I don't have him in any league either, so, like, my eyes are on him strictly as an observer. But um, it just didn't feel like he was as impactful as he had been previous years last year. It just it, it, it felt like he was just solid. You know what I look at when I look at players? How do they perform week 17? Because that's what matters, right? I'll tell you, uh, Devontae, no, uh, what's his name? Stephon Diggs, week 18, he played the Jets. He put up 14 points. He got a touchdown. He got some 81 yards. Love that, except that's week 18, and I'm not playing anymore. Week 17, right. he's playing Atlanta, 52 yards. That's it. No touchdowns. He, got, he did get five receptions, if you care about PPR. One of his lower ones, though. Right. So, hmm. That was his second worst game of the season. Came when he needed it most. So that's that gives me a little hesitations on the digs. Is that like repeatable though? Like, is he always bad week seventeen? You know what I mean? Like, it was just one game last year. And what if you play the best defense in the league week seventeen just because your schedule is that way? You're like, this is not the guy for me. Okay, I'll tell you this. I'll go back two years to twenty twenty. <laughs> week week okay. seventeen, he played Miami, got seven points. So better. Um, but then, I'll, and it's also a different. Like you want to look at six. I do want to look at six. Two years ago, sixteen two years ago, he put up thirty-two and a half points. 
Man can't get it done in the chip. Though. Oh my god! So that's just something I'm gonna listen. You're only as good as your most recent year. Um, I'm gonna say this about <laughs> Stephon Diggs. So he's kind of low on my list there. Yeah, and CD Lamb is like, he's great, but like, and then I guess the thought is with Cooper gone, it's like he's the guy even more so. Um, oh yeah, but Dallas is so weird that yeah i don't know if he's gonna be that good or not he could be top five and he could be like top 20 (laughs) like i have no idea they're such a weird offense so like who knows and then the tyreek hill thing is like anytime someone goes to i almost think he'll be better this really last year anytime someone goes to they were so weird last year i call it the paul gold yeah i agree new new teams are scary but then it's like also like what if Tyreek Hill went to the Packers? Are you like, anytime you go to a new team, though? Woo. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> you're going to be like, oh, he's going to be a monster. I'll, there's, I think there's a little bit of like the meshing. you got to understand the guy's rhythms. you got to feel the locker room. Right. Granted, that's a better situation than you got Tua throwing it to you, lefty. Yeah, that's my big concern. But my other thing is like, well, there's Waddle, too, so he doesn't necessarily need to lean on Tyreek. I don't know how you have Tua as a QB and you have two guys inside the top 17 wide receiver. But anyway, um, I feel like Kansas City was very weird last year. Like, Kelsey wasn't a stud, and Tyreek wasn't really a stud. Like, they didn't feel like the players they were previous years. Like, Case, like uh, Kelsey was like the monster tight end everybody wanted. He was such in another tier, even from, like, Waller and Kittle, it's like, I'm just too good for you guys. And last year, he was just a good tight end, it felt like. He wasn't that dominant presence. Um, And then the same I felt with Tyreek Hill, where it was just like, he was was good still, but he didn't feel like this fucking monster that was just terrorizing the other team like he has in previous games. And it felt like they were calling Pringle a lot more than they had been previous seasons. Previous seasons, if Mahomes is driving down the field, it was like Kelsey, Hill, Kelsey, Kelsey, Hill, Kelsey. Like, he was just throwing at those two over and over again. And it felt like he was much more, like, spread out this year, which made them less monstrous. So, I don't know if, like, he's heavily leaned on. Maybe Tyreek could be even better this year, even though his QB is worse. Yeah, and he was just inconsistent last year, too. I pulled up more numbers. I love numbers. And I had him on a team last year, so I like I remember... Right, you have much more of a feel. I remember living with the guy. Day. So, you know, week one, 26 points. You're loving that. You know, starting strong. Week two, three points. What happened? Week three, 4.7 points. You're like, all right, guy, do we have to bench you? Do we have to talk about it? And he bounces back next week right. with 36.6. It's just tough. Right. To, and, and there's just a lot of that. There's a lot of, like, ups and downs and ups and downs. It's like, buddy, like, Tyler Lockett, PTSD. Yeah, I'm looking at his season stats here. His season stats are pretty interesting. Like, he had almost 30. He had, like, 30, 25 more receptions this year. And he had 50 yes, less yards or I should say 40 less yards than last year. But then it's like the touchdowns. Nine touchdowns this year, 15 the year before that. 
And then his last full season before that, which was like 2018, he had less he had less receptions by like it looks like yeah, 25 again. And he had about 200 more yards and t- three more touchdowns. So like it just seemed like he was being maybe he just wasn't going deep as much this year. It looks like his yards per reception is about 3 yards lower. So like maybe it just wasn't these big impact plays that he was used to where he would just sprint around like a cheetah <laughs> given that it's his nickname and just like tear up a, a a defense and run for like a 50 yarder and shit but like it just didn't feel as dynamic last year his connection with Mahomes but I think we've covered tier 2 what are you thinking about these tier 3 guys tier 3 boys a lot uh, of meat on this bone I can read them out yeah, that would be perfect. Thank you. Yeah. So, for the readers at home, Devon, nope, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, back from the dead, Keenan Allen, T. Higgins, D.K. Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, Jalen Waddle. Tell me a name that stands out to you here. Pick one. Pick one of these guys. I got two. Pick, okay. I'll give, Can I give you I'll two? Give me two. First one, Michael Thomas. Obviously, you mentioned back from the dead. We don't know. Uh, we know that um, Winston's going to be throwing him the ball um, pretty likely here. Um, I don't know what his health situation is. If it's like, yeah, he's good. He's fucking good to go. Like, for sure. Now. Or if there's still, like, lingering mm. stuff with him. I have no I don't idea. know either. He's older. Uh, he's not a young buck anymore. Um, and you can tell that. The um, I love that this has this the standard deviation. You can tell that the experts are like, I honestly I don't know. And then you look at like his standard deviation is five. Everybody else in this tier is like in the threes, basically. <laughs> so that's how unsure they are. Um, and his his best is number nine, and his worst is thirty. Huge like, people gap. are just like I have Huge no gap. idea. <laughs> yeah. So that tells you all you need to know about him. It's like if you believe. First, you got to believe in him. Then you got to believe in Winston. So you're believing in him that he's not hurt. Then you're believing in him that now that he's a couple years older than the last time he shined, he's still got it. Then you're believing in Winston to be able to give it to him, which Winston has a history of being able to get it to number ones, at like Evans and stuff, Godwin. So, like, he should be able to, I hope. But... That's the what you're playing with here. Maybe you hope you can get him a little later, like people are scared of him or something. Mm-hmm. Second person I want to mention is Deontay Johnson, who, who to me is like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I feel... He's got Trubisky now, right, over there in Pittsburgh? Oh, yeah. I was just thinking. I forgot Big Ben retired. Yeah. So I'm like, Big Ben's gone. And Big Ben looked like shit anyway. But it's like... Is who and Trubisky is there? I think so. Like Trubisky is such an interesting like. He's just like a man's man city QB. He's like rough and tough Chicago quarterback, <laughs> and then he's gonna be the rough and tough Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. He's just got like very uh, working class blue collar quarterback tough guy cities. Yeah, rather than like I don't know, like the Rams or something. <laughs> Uh, or, like, any team Tom Brady joins, basically. Um, <laughs> so, like, is Trubisky going to be able to, like, keep him afloat? Like, he had some good 
seasons with Allen Robinson. It's like, I don't know. Like, he's, for me, he's, like, a little scary because, you know, I don't, I don't actually, like, know his talent that well. Yeah. Like, he, Pat, I guess he's, is he better than Juju Smith-Schuster because he took over, like, that lead wide receiver role? Did Ben just like him better? Like, I've, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know him well enough to, like, really feel this one out. So those are the two that kind of stand out to me. Everybody else feels okay. You know, it really depends on DK Metcalf's quarterback and stuff. Hopkins getting a little older, but, like, you know, these all feel like okay people to be up here. Waddle could fade with Tua having a new shiny target. Who knows? Okay. But um, what are your thoughts? Do you have anybody that stands out to you besides those guys? I got one guy that stands out a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. There was something I was going to say about these other guys, but it escaped me. My guy stands out. Ooh. I think the Jets pick thing was real, by the way, because it's showing up in the players' news side here. Listen, it was reported. But maybe maybe it maybe it was reported inaccurately. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I just noticed Somebody that. reported it, but what I was hearing is like the guy that like tweeted it or whoever said it is like, you know, there's just not a lot of weight behind it. Okay, so it's not a super confirmed. Yeah. Uh Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's standing out mm-hmm. to me. I had him last year, so of course a little bias there. Right. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking about like what's up like I see him and Stefan Diggs, and I'm like, you're the same person. You're both the number one option on a team that's, like, going to be slinging the ball a good bit, mixed in some runs, and I just mm-hmm. see Keenan Allen being able to do that. And he's got the second lowest deviation out of anyone in this tier, only behind DeAndre. Right. Yeah, he feels like he has a very low floor. That Good point. That is surprising that DeAndre people have more. DeAndre, I'm not a fan of. DeAndre, I am more... Who would I take uh, um, above DeAndre Hopkins in this tier? I take DeAndre had a, a tweet I saw recently he was involved with where they were showing the Texans trade of DeAndre Hopkins and how many yards he has since the trade and how many yards Brandon Cooks, who they signed, has. And Cooks has more Ooh. than Hopkins since that trade. So <laughs> they were like... I don't know, touchdowns, you know, there's a lot going on there, and it's probably, like, one of those things that's framed a certain way, but I thought it was interesting. So, that is interesting. Who do I take above DeAndre Hopkins? I take Keenan Allen. I take mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson. Ooh. Yeah, he's my number two on this list, which really is eye-opening on this list. Why? Uh, Mike Thomas, T. Higgins... Ooh. Metcalf, <laughs> T. Higgins getting Waddle, slighted out here. Hopkins. The poor guy. T. Higgins, I like T. Higgins. It's just, and he was great. You had him last year. T. Higgins year. might be the best on this list after Allen. He might be. He might be. As far as fantasy production, not that's you know, not crazy to say. That's very good, but we don't know who is QB. Like if that happened, I wouldn't be like, I can't believe it. Call up Ripley, tell him it's unbelievable. I could see T. Right. Higgins finishing <laughs> top of this list or second on this list. Metcalf, mm. there's a question mark. And even Metcalf last year, like, we saw how he, like, Russell got hurt last year. And, like, Metcalf had right. some great games and had some ass games. Like, right. Yeah. 
His whole second half I of the year. I think Metcalf will be good. He's probably one of the higher guys I feel about on this list. Second half, like coming back from bye week, three points, three points, one point, six points, four points, five points. It wasn't until week 17 mm. where if you made the playoffs, in spite of him, you get rewarded with a 10 followed by a 25 in the championship game. So I love that. I love. Yeah, if you're still starting if you're still him starting him at that point, but like you can't. If this guy just dropped this many single digits, you're not starting him in the playoffs. Right. You tripped, fell into the playoffs, somehow made it a little further, and then decided I'm still starting. No, absolutely not. So that's how I feel about yeah, DK. It's tough. But yeah. Okay. Anyone in this one's gonna be a little gnarly, but any person in tier four, you're like that's my sleeper. Terry McScorn. Ooh, even with the new quarterback? Especially with the new quarterback. Especially with the new quarterback. Oh. Look at the guy right after him. Look at the guy right after him. Michael Pittman Jr. Guy did okay with with Terry's new quarterback. Oh, my God. He did do okay. Guy did all right. Guy did all right. Okay, Terry. You're right. That was, like, the biggest knock on Terry last year was that Fitzmagic got hurt, like, six snaps in. Yeah. I think uh, think Terry – is and Terry finished 25. So it's like I'm asking you to instead of uh who filled in for uh Fitzpatrick? What's that kid's name? Taylor Heineke. Heineke, yeah. Okay, so now you're going from Heineke to Wentz and I'm all I'm saying is like maybe he could go from like 24, 25 whatever he was to like 18. <laughs> is that believable? I feel like it's pretty believable. Yes. Yeah, um I think there's a, some some talent here that could pop though. Like, I like uh, I don't like Elijah Moore that much. I don't all this jet hype. I like I don't buy into it. I think Elijah Moore will be good. Like he's a better Crowder, right? He's like the best receiver on a bad team, but he's better than Crowder is. Um, Cleveland, who's quarterback for them? Deshaun like, Watson. It's, if it's still Baker, like if this hasn't been solved by them and it's still Baker then I'm not, like, super high on him. If Deshaun gets to play the full season, maybe he maybe he could do something. But I almost think, like, it goes McLaurin and then Godwin, maybe. Because mm. um, Godwin showed we've off. seen God. Brady leans heavily on Gronk and AB, like, a lot last year. So now if he's just got Godwin and Evans, like, are those guys both going to just be those guys gonna eat. little monsters? Yeah, I like, I like your McLaurin reasoning. I could see him being the top guy in this tier. Uh, it's it's possible for sure. There's a lot of like risky guys in this tier. So, like anything. Can I have happen. to give a shout out to my boy Tyler Lockett, the highest stev- standard deviation we've seen up to this Ooh. point, six point seven. Ooh, bet- oh my gosh, your boy! I thought you were gonna say Devonte Adam. Uh, Devonte Smith. No, Devonte Smith is gonna be my my true true pick. I just need to call out Lockett, of course. Love that man. <laughs> but Devonte Smith going on his sophomore year. Um, you know, I feel like that's when Justin Jefferson really exploded. You know, if this is the year where if Hurts takes off, it's like with Devontae Smith. I think last year, and we had a first-year coach last year, Nick Sirianni. I think that he's going to get a little less cute this year. Because I, I went to two mm-hmm. games last year. One game I went to, I think Devontae Smith got one ball tossed to him, and it was one catch. And it's just like, you're getting too cute. Right. Like, what did the Bengals learn early on? It's like, yo, that guy, give the ball to that guy. He's the best dude on the field. Right. And I think they'll learn that this year with Devonta Smith, Devontae Smith, and just... If they can mold 
I feel similar to the Patriots, actually. And what I said about um, Devontae Parker was if they can mold themselves, they were a run-first options Philly a lot of last year. They had a great run game going there, even though their main running back scored zero touchdowns. Jalen um, Hurts got a lot of touchdowns. So, like, the combination... Right, the combination of Hurts running, being able to run, and then also like all the running back options they have, and all these little dinky dump passes to pass catching backs, um, allows for that kind of play action game that Tennessee has. And so I feel the same way that I do about how New England's a run first offense, pass it over the top to this guy, you can get some shots once in a while. Like, I feel like that's where they're going to make their their money with Devontae Smith this year. I don't think Hertz is going to suddenly be, like, a pass-first QB, you know? Yeah, but I, I think they'll just open it up for him a bit. More than last year. I More than last year. I'll dial it up. Let's see. Uh, My boy, Amon Ra. Amon Ra. I was just sniping down to Tier 5. Ooh. A couple guys that deserve some shout-outs. Darnell Mooney was fun last year, and now he's a number one, so I'm happy for him. Yeah, he's fun, but it's like I'm not like expecting much out of that team. No, agreed. Um, I like Amon Ra, and I actually like think he's gonna be good this year. I think Adam Thielen's getting fucking disrespected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adam Thielen like, deserves better. Like it's pretty better. wild. Adam Thielen deserves better. <laughs> but this is like the RB two kind of um, round, right? Like I feel like these po- like I'm seeing the the Bobby Tree is the Hollywood Brown. Yeah, wide wide receivers. Juju Smith Schuster. But we're like kind of past this. This is wide receiver. Th- these are flexi boys. You think these are flexi like boys? Like Sutton and Jerry Judy. Yeah, because you got to think there's like ten teams, so it's like. We're at 27. That means everybody's already picked two and a half. I think some teams, like, go heavy on the wide. Like, think of if you're going other positions, you know, like maybe you get a tight end, you get a quarterback. Next thing you know, it's like, whoa, my number two guy is Chase Claypool. This could be your number two, sure. Depending on your draft style. But I think it's your two or flex. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, like, there's a lot of, like, the two Denver boys are here. We don't know what's going to happen with that. Mike Williams got a huge contract, and Herbert is – He's great QB, so he's got high upside. Um, you got Juju Smith Schuster now in KC. Now's the number one. It's like that. Yeah, that could be like huge. Robert Woods is going to be good still. Allen Robinson. It's like he's free possibly. So like, what's he gonna? These are like a lot of guys. Are you like? I don't know. Hunter Renfro was great last year, but now he's got Devonte there. Does it make him? less double coverage so he's he's good still but gets the ball less or like what does his outlook look like it's just a bunch of a bunch of craziness happening here gabriel davis doesn't have uh cole beasley any there anymore right so like there's weirdness there too so like these this tier and the next tier are a bunch of guys where you're like anything could happen you know what i mean it's just it's wild. I mean, Russell Gage on TB. Like these things aren't Devonte Parker, who we talked about already. Mm-hmm. The Denver wide it's receivers. Just, it's just wild. We don't know what's gonna happen with them. Gabriel Davis right, with yeah. his famous four touchdown game. I think Juju hasn't. Yeah, been... and then tier six as well. It's tough. It's crazy. These these guys are a lot of the lottery tickets here. Poor Tyler Boyd. I forgot he even existed. <laughs> He's he's still pretty good. Oh my god! Yeah, Devonte Parker's all the way down here. Maybe it hasn't been updated yet. Like Juju, his range is twenty-eight to sixty-two. I don't know. I feel like that 
feels like kind of okay for Devontae. I like Devontae as a two. I'd be happy. I guess. I guess you're right though. I guess like maybe he's a flex. Because this is. You don't know. Yeah, you don't know where where he is. Like it'd be interesting to look at your team last year and see. Because what was my team last year? Um, AJ Brown and T Higgins was he my second? So like my second was. Who is it before AJ Brown? Or it's like I had like Terry, had Terry McLaurin. McLaurin. Would you feel good with him? Well, like, would you feel good with Terry McLaurin as your second? He finished twenty fifth last year, which is ten spots ahead of where half of these guys. Like <laughs> Devontae Parker's at forty seven, so it's twenty twenty two spots ahead of where the guy. You're right. I guess that you are I guess liking as deep, a two. Deep territory. I guess this. We we I think we're in flex. I, I think here. yeah. I, I think if you're a championship team, like team. this is a flex at best. Or. Yeah, your team last year, your wide receiver two was in like tier two. <laughs> what was what was your combo last year? Allen was it? Keenan Allen and something? Uh, I had Jamar Chase, Tyree Kill, Keenan Allen, Hollywood Brown. Yeah, where's where's his ass? Hollywood Brown? He was in. I just I just mentioned him. I didn't see. Oh, it. I missed his ass. Oh, there he is. He's with Bobby Trees. He's yeah. with Bobby Trees. Yeah, he's down there. He's down there. He's a lower standard deviation than I'd expect because, like, they're they're a weird team in Baltimore. Really, I think. Well, I think like look at where he's placed though, like thirty eight, and the dude is like was mu- significantly better than that last year. I don't know what his final finish was. What like twenty or something? Not even. Or didn't I? Didn't I say he'd fall out of the twenties and he finished like fifteen or something? Let's see. Let's. I'm going to the team. I'm clicking his name. Rank seventeen. I'm pretty sure we board betted or something. Yeah, 17 last year, and you got him at 38 or something. Like, you're going to think, like, he's not going to be much worse than this, so I can see the standard deviation being a lot lower. But I guess it's surprising that nobody went real high on him. Like, fucking Allen Robinson has a 16 spot out Yeah, there. or maybe, like, I would think someone goes, like, low on him. But maybe, like, he's not that kind of guy. Right. Or, like, no, you don't feel too strongly about Hollywood. He's just like, yeah. Cordero Patterson has, like... A very low his deviation is 16 same with odell odell's at 15 oh odell this is it's weird that cordero patterson appears here what's that about some platforms use him as a wide receiver or some he used you to could be, be both in some I apps think. yeah he used to be that's why he's like number 84 right yeah, it looks like in 15 and 16 he was playing more wide receiver than he was running Actually, up until 18, he was doing more wide receiver stuff. Mm, crazy. Well, yeah, that's wide receivers. Any other? Really anything else calls your eye? Nope, that's about it for me. Wow. Thanks, everybody, um, for tuning in to this week's episode of, what'd you call it? The Not A, Not A competition? Uh, no, not another competition. Not another competition, because we are the only competition. Though it's not a competition, be sure to like, subscribe, give us uh, a bell. That's that one. And (laughs) and give us a follow at Not A Comp Podcast. We're still working on getting the handle at Not A Competition. It's pretty inactive. Uh, We just, you know, we're fighting with Elon Musk to get those rights. Topical. Yeah, he's a real dog, but he just spent too much money on Twitter, so now we got him right where we were. Oh, my God. That's all. That's all, folks. Eat your veggies. 
Peace. Oh, and baseball starts. Uh, by the next time, by the time this is out, honestly, baseball will have begun. So, yeah, tomorrow it starts up. Tomorrow starts up. By the time this is out, baseball will be wrapping up. <laughs> um. Okay. Last, last thing. Um, appreciate anyone that actually listened this far. Brady, who's who's in the World Series? Who's winning it? Um, I saw our good friend, friend of the podcast, Alex Fast. <laughs> Predicted a uh, Brewers versus Toronto World Series with uh, the Brewers losing. I'm going to take that and then make the Brewers win. Oh, so. It's going to be, actually, you know what? Fuck it. Brewers, Orioles. Wow. <laughs> Brewers, Brewers Orioles, Brewers win. Okay. Flip side. Here we go. I'm going to say that. Yeesh. Okay. We're going to say that the Tampa Bay Rays. Lose to the Dodgers. I'm not exciting. I just think, like, the Dodgers, like, they're just they're loading up. Not yet. Man's going chalk. Mario, how about this? Forget these picks. Let's do some research. Next week, we'll do uh, a baseball playoff prediction kind of look. Done. Um, and just have it on the side here. Oh. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Not a competition podcast. Talk to you later. Bye.